I know I've only got to about half of you. I'll try to get the other half after we're done. Good to see everybody. Wanted to say also that in the back, we do have a little bit of um, bagels and peppers and apples and things, so if, uh, and bread. So if you need anything, go back there as well into the gym and um, get you some. Um, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to follow along this morning, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 1. First book of Revelation. And while you're turning there, I want to share with you something that I heard this week. It's about this guy who was walking along and all of a sudden he began having a conversation with the Lord. And he started asking questions and they were doing some things. And uh, he, he said, Lord, he said, what is a million years like to you? And he said, oh... A million years to me is like a second to you. And so the guy thought about that and he started going on and he said, Lord, got another question. If time is that way, how is money with you? Ten million dollars, how, how does that relate to you? And the Lord looked at him and said, well, ten million dollars to me is like a penny to you. Well, that kind of got him thinking. He finally built up the courage he just had to ask. He said, Lord, do you think that you could spare one of your pennies? <laughs> Lord looked at him and smiled and he said, give me a second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so in a million years, maybe it'll come true. But you know, there are, as we get ready to open up Revelation chapter 1, there are many people, there are many churches, uh, they don't like to go there. They, they stay away from Revelation. They think that it, it has far-fetched things that uh, they just would rather stick with other things. But to me, it is one of the most exciting books in the Bible and the most important. Um, we're getting ready to study the last word that Jesus and God left with us. This is it. This was the last word. This is the last book. And this is how God wants, what he wants to be made known to us. So this is very special. They, they perceive it as an unsolvable riddle, and that's a tragedy. Because there's a promise given to us in this book that is given nowhere else in a book in the word of God. It says in verse 3, a promise. Blessed is he who reads, those who hear the words of this prophecy, and heed or keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Revelation is the only book in the Bible that has the audacity to come right up and say, if you read me, if you'll listen, you will get blessed by it. It's the only book that makes that promise to us. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And really, from beginning to end, that is all that it is about. It is presenting Him in the light that God would have us to see. So if you're there with me, let's go to verse 1 of Revelation 1 and let's read this chapter and see what the Lord God would have us to see of His Son, Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his servants the things which must shortly take place. And he sent 
And he signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all the things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and those who keep these things which are written in it, for the time is near. And John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and had made us to be kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming quickly with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, and even so, amen. For I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty God. And I, John, your brother, in companion in the tribulation, in the kingdom, and in the patience of Jesus Christ, as on the island that is called Patmos, for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet, and it said, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of those lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were like wool, They were white, as white as snow, and his eyes, they were like a flame of fire. And his feet, they were like fine brass, as if it had been refined in a furnace. And his voice had the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun that was shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and yet was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Write the things that you have seen. Write the things which are and the things that will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, 
The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Let's pray. Father, we have just read your holy and divine word which lives and abides forever. Father, I have asked this week to refocus my thoughts on just what our middle song was today. The heart of worship. And the heart of worship is Jesus Christ. And this book brings your son to the forefront and proclaims him all in all of his glory and honor. Father, may your Holy Spirit be among us today. May the things that we read from your word, may we be able to understand them and may we be able to comprehend and then keep them and guard them in our hearts, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name and we pray that your son is glorified. Amen. What a marvelous picture that Revelation chapter 1 presents of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Son of God. Verse 1 begins with this, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That word for revelation is apocalyptus. It's where we get our word apocalypse. Have you all heard of the apocalypse? What do you think of when you think of the apocalypse? What comes to mind? I'm sure you've got many thoughts. Maybe a mystery. Maybe it's fear. A catastrophe. The second coming. The apocalypse means an unveiling. It means to reveal something that was hidden. That's what the word means. And this is the revealing. This is the bringing to light. Of Jesus Christ. Revealing who and what he is at this moment. For his church. You know a great artist when they make a painting. And they're going to hold an open house. What do they do? They cover it up. And they have it sitting there. And everybody comes in and they sit. And they will go and they will take the cover off of that. And reveal the painting. And everybody will cheer. And and go and talk about That's what this is. This book takes the resurrected Christ and takes the cover off of him right now and shows us what was hitting. We are going to see Jesus Christ revealed to us in a real and powerful way. I promise you. You know, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was of his earthly ministry, of his first advent, his first coming. They painted him in a different picture as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Revelation is a picture of our Lord after his resurrection, after his crowning. You know, chapters 1, 2, and 3 are probably, in my opinion, some of the greatest chapters that we need to study out of the Bible. The first chapter is going to show Jesus currently as He works in His church. What He is and what He does. Chapters 2 and 3, the letters to the seven churches that was mentioned there, are Christ's own epistles to the church. If you have a red letter edition where the words of Christ are in red, if you look at chapter 2 and 3, it's all red. We think 
that Corinthians and Ephesians and Thessalonians and all of these other epistles of Paul are important and that they should be studied. Well, then how much more should we study the epistle of Jesus Christ to His church? This is what we are going to see. It's a different side. In Revelation chapter 5, you will see that John begins to weep because they were looking. There's a scroll with seven seals, but no one was found worthy to open that scroll. And he begins to weep. And he was told by one standing next to him, Weep not, because the lion of the tribe of Judah has been found worthy to open up the seals. And he says, I looked and I saw the picture as a lamb that had been slain. That's what we're getting ready to see. He is the lamb slain who is now becoming the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's getting ready for his second advent. And the church needs to be ready for that. Once the blood was shed, once the cross happened, the lamb is over. When he ascended in Acts 2, Peter on that first day of the church, he said that this same Jesus Christ that you crucified, he has ascended and is seated upon the right hand of the throne of God. And he is now Lord and Christ. And Revelation paints this picture of Jesus. He will be the avenging lion who rides into town, it says, with blood up to the bridle of his horse. That is what we're going to see. And the first question is, is who wrote this book? Who wrote the book of Revelation? It wasn't John. Look real close at verse 1 again. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him. You see, this is what God wants Jesus to reveal to the church about him. It was by God given to his son. It's like we get to eavesdrop into heaven, say, Son, here is what I want you to reveal to the church. And they did that. So, he is faithful, he has inherited all things, and he gave a message of what he wants us to see. And that message is the fulfillment of Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 through 12, where it says that he. Jesus made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bond servant. And coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient, even to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And therefore, because of that, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those that are even under the earth, held in shackles as we saw a couple of weeks ago. That every tongue should confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, but even more so now in my absence than when in my presence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Ah, the lamb has become the lion. And it says that he came to this earth in the form of a bond servant. You know what a bond servant is? It's a slave. You know, 
If you look again at real close at verse 1 of Revelation, who was this book revealed to? God revealed it to Jesus to give to those who are what? His servants. Same word used there, doulos. It's a bond servant. Same word. Jesus, as He became humble and obedient to God the Father as His Lord, we also, when we come to Christ and accept salvation, He is also now our Lord and we are bond servants to Him. We have freely given ourselves over to Him. You know, I know it's not in vogue today to talk about bond servant or slavery, and for good reason, there's stigmas attached to that. But in a good way, we are that with Christ. That is who we are. And to tell you a little bit about this word of a bond servant, I wanted to exemplify with that. It means someone who has paid their duty. In the Old Testament, you might have to spend seven years working for someone to pay off your debt. And on the seventh year, you are let go free. But you might decide that you don't want to go free. You might decide that you now have a relationship with your master and that you love him and that you don't want to leave. So you want to be a bond servant. And so there's a place in Deuteronomy and also in Exodus that talks about what you do for someone that wants to be a bond servant. Do I have any volunteers? <laughs> I would, but we'd get in trouble. Uh, what happens to a bond slave then so that everyone knows that you've paid your debt, but you are willingly giving yourself over? It says that the master would take the bond servant and take him to the doorpost of his house, and he would take his earlobe, and he would place the earlobe on the doorpost of the house. And he would drive that all into there and he would crush it in until it went all the way through. And it usually had a pretty big end so that it made a big hole. And that signified that you were now the bond slave of this person. That you've paid your debt, but you did not want to walk away. You wanted to willingly give yourself over to service in them. And that's what you and I are We are bond servants. Jesus was in the form of God and He willingly humbled Himself and did not hang on and went to the cross. In exchange for our sins and the punishment that we should have, we willingly give of this life and give ourselves over to our now Lord and Master Jesus Christ in exchange for our sins being forgiven. And that makes us to be bond servants to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is who this book is revealed to. A lot of folks say, I don't understand the Word of God. Especially a book like Revelation. Well, unbelievers cannot. Because this book was not targeted to them. Who was it targeted to? to the believers, to the bond servants, the one who will freely give themselves over to Christ, this word will come back to you. So let's go back to our text in verse 1 again, if you're still there in Revelation 1. It's written to the bond slaves of Jesus Christ, to those who have a loving desire to follow Him as their Lord and Master and to hear His words. You know, John chapter 10 has the parable of the Good Shepherd. And in it, the good shepherd says that my sheep 
hear my voice. They know who I am and I know who they are. And we have that relationship. They can hear and understand and know when to come in and go out whenever I call to them. And that's what is behind the idea of this book. It was written to those who are his sheep. Who want to hear what it says. And it has a valuable message. Look again at verse 3. We're going to... I can't tell you how much we need to understand this. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Remember, that's the outrageous proclamation that it's making to us with this blessing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it was given to us to understand. It wouldn't be a blessing to us if we can't read it and understand and know what it says. It says to the things in verse 1 that will shortly take place, that's going to happen fairly quickly. And a lot of people will use that verse to explain why they do not believe in God. Why should I look? It even says there it's going to happen very quickly and it's 2,000 years and nothing's happened so I don't really believe that God keeps His promises. Oh, that's not the word that's used here. The word that's used here is tacos. Not taco. I know, I know uh, you guys like to go to Taco Bell. Now, this word is the word for tachometer. Because Nicholas, he's always loving to go eat Mexican. That's why I was telling that this word is tacos. We talked about tacos today. But tacos is for tachometer. The thing that measures the engine speed, the RPMs that you have in your car. So it's talking about the idea of speed When something happens. Not that it was going to happen today or tomorrow. Even though the early church lived that way. As each and every day he could come. Which we should also do as well. But it talks about the speed in which he will come when he comes. Because there is nothing left to fulfill. 1 Corinthians 15 says it like this in verses 51 to 53. Behold, I'm going to share with you a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The last trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. And this corruption is going to put on incorruption. And this mortality will put on immortality. You see, when when Jesus had to come to the earth, things had to take place. There were signs that was going to happen. He had to be born of a virgin. He had to be born in Bethlehem. There was lineage of David. There was things that was set up before he could come. Then before the cross, things had to go in exact order. And even on the cross, he he would say a saying, and it would say this, he said, to fulfill the prophecy that said this. So things had to be fulfilled. But you know what? For the second coming, there is nothing left to be fulfilled. So he could come quickly at any moment in a twinkling of an eye. And oh yeah, I looked that up too. What does a twinkling of an eye mean? As I was putting this together, I was like, what does a twinkling of an eye mean? How fast is that? There was an answer. And the answer came back that a twink is a particle of light that is caught by the eye. And I thought, how appropriate. Because God is light. And so when He comes, He will be coming with the clouds, it says, at the speed of light. Which is about one 
billionth of a second. So that is why the church has always lived in readiness, because when it says, Behold, I come quickly, so be ready, the only way to be ready is to be ready all the time, because you will not have an opportunity to be ready when He comes, because in one billionth of a second, in the time that it takes for light to reach right here, it will happen, and there will be no time left. So we are to live a life in readiness for His appearing, covered by His blood and in grace, and walking with Him in the light as He is in the light. Sharing that fellowship him, with Him together, First John tells us. And here in verse 1, These things, behold, I come quickly. He sent, Jesus did, it says. He sent and signified this by His angel to His bondservant. There's that word again. To His bondservant, John. And John, verse 2, bore witness of this word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ to everything that he saw, and he recorded it faithfully for us. He is the faithful witness of God. And he gave us a promise of a blessing in this book as he writes it. Blessed are those, as he who reads, those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Not only does this book open up with that promise, but it also ends with that promise as well in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 7. It says, as it ends the book, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. Does that sound familiar? The book is bracketed, chapter 1 beginning to chapter 22, the end, with a promise, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who reads, they who hear, and those who heed the word of this book, because I am coming quickly. And verse 3, if we go back to chapter 1 of Revelation, verse 3 sets up this whole process of understanding this book. You know, I was, I was speaking to one of my dear sisters beforehand, and she was explaining that she always reads the Bible, but she comes here so that it can be explained and understood. And I said... You're starting to preach my sermon. Because that's exactly God's design for things. If you look in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, there's a promise that God says, I have given you spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians is all about, in chapters 12, 13, and 14, about the gifts that's given to those who are in Christ at that moment. That the Spirit does. And Ephesians chapter 4 explains that God has given some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the edification of the saints, for the building up. They are given this gift to explain to people so that you will all become in the unity of the faith. You will all be on the same page with the Word of God and you will no longer be as children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, it says there. And that's the grand design that was given to us in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 as well. Because if you will look at the construction there, it says, Blessed is he who reads. Genitive, male, singular. Blessed then also are those who hear, neuter, plural. And then the one who teaches so others can listen, understand, 
and comprehend. And then everyone will be able to keep those things that are written in their hearts. That word keep means to guard ferociously. Do you know where the gold of the United States of America is kept? Fort Knox. Fort Knox. It's kept in a fort. Why? Because it's valuable, isn't it? It's valuable. It's, it's the currency used to rest upon the gold that was in Fort Knox. So it's in a fort to be guarded. And when it's placed there, that means that every ounce of implementation of what's inside that fort the people, the weapons, whatever it takes will be used to protect that in a time of need. That is the word that's used here for keeping the word of God. It means to reside within you. When someone teaches the word of God and people are assembled to hear the word of God taught, you will understand it, you will comprehend it. And then it's your mission, it says, to guard that word at all costs. Why? You think gold's important? What is written in the pages of this book is more important than all the gold in the world. What is written here, eternity is a long time. What does it profit a man if he would gain the riches of the whole world and would lose his own soul? So you assemble you be taught and you keep that word and you guard it within your heart because there is nothing else that is more important eternity is a long time blessed is better than cursed and this book says blessed is he who assembles who hears and who comprehends and guards this word in their heart and then it says for the time is near it's at hand that word there is not our word tacos that's a word kairos yeah just like the prison ministry that we just put cookies with and stuff and kairos means an appointed time it's not a speed time it's an appointed time so putting both of these together God's appointed time when it happens on that day in the calendar it will come in one billionth of a second it's like this in Acts 17.31. He, which is God, has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom He has ordained and has given assurance of this fact by raising Him from the dead. Kairos, the appointed day, will happen in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. So therefore, what God wants you and I to understand as the bondservants of Jesus Christ is this revealing so that you will be blessed by it and that you will be ready and prepared. Now, as the worship team returns on up and we get ready to close this out, next week, I know it's a stretch, I'm going to try to cover the rest of chapter 1. That's like 17 verses. That's a stretch because we only got through 3 today. But I promise we will try to cover that and then get in to chapters 2 and 3 of the 7 churches. But we are seeing the revelation of Christ in a new way. In verse 5 it says, He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That was the third song we sung. That's what I was saying. Use on the page with us today. 
He's going to be the one in verse 7 it says in chapter 1 that will come with the clouds and make no mistake every eye is going to see it says. It says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end and the Almighty God. Amen. The one who is and was is in to come. We will see him in the last verses. We will see Jesus as his role currently in the church. What does all of this mean? He guards the church. He takes care of it. He anoints the church. If you look down through chapter 1 of what we're going to try to uncover and understand and guard in our hearts next week is the one that has the stars in his hand that walks among the candlesticks. The one who has the garment down to the ground with a golden band girded around him. The one whose face... And hair is white like wool, whose eyes are like laser beams of fire. The one whose feet is like burnished brass as it came out of a furnace, and from whose mouth comes a two-edged sword. We're going to uncover all of those things hopefully next week. But today's today. And for today, what I implore is how important this is. This is God's own revelation to you and I the church the bond servants of Christ for what he wants made known to the church and it's so important that it means everything so not only for yourself but for your family members for your friends for your loved ones you look around if they're not here please tell them that what we are beginning to study And taking the cover off in the next several weeks is the most important thing in the world. And the only way to be ready is to be ready. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And I I cannot wait to dig in this next week and see what you have revealed and prepared and then for what you would... So humbly allow me to share with everyone next week, if it be your will. And Father, today is the day of salvation, no other. If there's anyone here today, let them know how important it is to be ready today and to make that decision for Christ so that they would willingly come and have their debt paid and to willingly now serve you as the bondservant and you the master. And Father, for those of us who may not have always been the greatest of bondservant. I've already prayed this week, you know that. And I've already shared my thoughts with you. But if there's anyone else here today that needs to do that as well, we pray that today is the day for that. And we pray that you will gear everyone up for the week ahead of them and to be assembled next week. And may all of those who need to hear it be here in Jesus' name. Amen.
I want to see. 